0: is for those who want to make technology sexy all the product developers designers ux ui professionals product managers cto's and ceos and it is for you my name is dr peter reska my friends call me dr peter i am your host and i am happy that you are here everything remains different. I traveled to the IAA, the Internationale Automobil Ausstellung, the International Auto Show uh, at Munich yesterday, the IAA Mobility 2021. And I feel free to make a podcast episode here to let you know about my thoughts, uh, about what I saw and um, how I see the future of, of this event. Everything new? Yes, of course, everything new. And um, the question up front for me was, is this really an overarching event covering past and future and present of the automotive industry, of the developments that we have? Or sorry, will we end up with a neither fish nor flesh kind of event? And um, yeah, at the end, I will tell you my thoughts about this one. The automotive industry is facing significant changes, and that, that's totally obvious. So, I mean, we talk about things like uh, the electrification of the drivetrain, we talk about things like connectivity, like automated autonomous driving, about new forms of mobility. This could be shared vehicles, shared travels, but also new mobility devices by means of micromobility, all these scooters. And so um, these changes are obvious, they're ongoing. And um, this show, the IAA 2021, which was renamed to IAA Mobility 2021, should reflect that, should include all these changes and, and, and present them. Let's take a look two years back. That was the last traditional IAA in, in the format. We had known this since, I don't know, when was the first IAA, mid-50s or something. Um So it, it was it was the last traditional one. It was located at Frankfurt. And I made a pretty short-term decision on traveling there. And uh, I checked my usual internet portal for, for hotel rooms and... I expected that I may find a dirty little, uh, very, very expensive hotel room somewhere far away from Frankfurt, um, somewhere on on the countryside. And to my surprise, I found a hotel room in the um, Bahnhofsviertel of Frankfurt, which is... uh, little, well, doubtful area around the main train station in Frankfurt and um, 20, 20 walking minutes away from, from the IAA, from from the exhibition grounds, to a very reasonable price. I mean, it was a 3 for three stars hotel for, I don't know, 80, 90 euros per night. So, totally okay. And that was the very first indicator um, that I realized that the uh, international auto show is not as, as as attractive as it had been before. And um, so at the end of the day, it turned out true. Um, there was hardly anything going on. The show was empty. It was boring. There was, well, nothing really cool to see. And right after the show, the discussions about a relocation and uh, changes in the concept began. So first idea was bringing it to berlin and um, having an overarching concept integrating all of berlin berlin downtown to show modern new different mobility concepts and well at the end of the day it uh, moved to munich and it had this new concept so there was the the München Riemesse, the exhibition ground uh, in, in, uh, on the outskirts of, of Munich. And there was then an underground line and uh, also the so-called blue line connecting um, this exhibition ground with the downtown area. And some of the, the bigger companies had their exhibits uh, not in, 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 in the exhibition ground, but in the downtown area. And so And the mobility between these two places, um, that was provided uh, by either the the underground train or by autonomous cars and electric scooters. And so really allowing people to use these new modes of of mobility. All right, let's have a closer look. uh, First of all, at the more formal sites. From my point of view, Munich is the far better location compared to Frankfurt. The Messe München, the exhibition grounds, is comparably new. It is very efficient, and uh, it has very short distances. So when, when you when you drove to Frankfurt, um, there was an uh, extra separate exit of uh, from from the autobahn, and that took you to a huge lawn uh, where you had to park your car and. When it was um, bad weather, when it was rainy, it was muddy, you had to walk through the, through the water there, and so it was not very convenient. And then somewhere on, on the edge of this huge lawn, there was a bus station, and uh, then uh, you had to squeeze yourself into some bus and were transported to the exhibition grounds. And there again, you had long lines, crowds of people waiting for something to to get in, to get their tickets, to whatever. And that is totally different in, in Munich. I mean, the, the, the parking lots are close to the entrance. Of course, it was a few minutes walk, but it was a few minutes walk instead of a few minutes walk plus bus plus waiting. So far more efficient, um, shorter distances, and, and I really liked it. I mean, I had known this exhibition ground from other exhibitions, but uh, yeah, it, it works very well. Then they had this new concept, the blue line connecting um, the München-Riem area with the downtown area. Um, so we had several locations, and um, that that was this overarching concept and showing that mobility is not stable, uh, not, not something that is ...in an exhibition hall, but uh, it it takes you around. And connected to this, um, there are two points um, that I really did not like. The first one is, there was hardly any information available... ...on how to use this blue line, on how, how to do this. I mean, I saw one poster in the entire exhibition ground... Uh, And you had to more or less search for it to to find it, telling you, okay, take this way, walk down this ale, and then you will go to um, entrance east, and there you will find this and this and this and that. So it was totally unclear. It was not communicated to the people where to go, how to do this, and how to come back. And so there was no communication about this one. And the second one was the unclear ticket policy that they had so i purchased the experience ticket and um, that one was only for for the public part of the show which was only one haul with um, old-timer cars and um, with bicycles and to use this blue lane but the core thing the core technology parts um, that was only accessible with a professional ticket and this had not been clear before this had not been clear on the show um, and I think there is a lot of room for improvement as far as communication is concerned. I then purchased on-site a professional ticket. And that was €150, Euros, which is about uh, three times as much as I had paid for a professional ticket in Frankfurt two years ago. And it sounds like a lot of money, and, and of course it's not a not a, not a cheap thing, but... It has the big advantage that only people that are really interested, that have a professional background, that have a, have a professional interest in the show, that they get onto the show floor, and all these let's say car watching amateurs, people that just come in and want to see, hey, is there a new car for me? And um, yeah, they they are kept away by by this price, which leads to the fact that it is never really full. Um, you, you don't have this phenomenon uh, that, that you're pressed by the masses through the booths and, and, and through the hallways, but um, that there is a lot of space and it's a pretty relaxed feeling and you can talk to the people. Um, you do not have to wait for someone to, to have a discussion with and, and to find out what is behind a certain new company you may see. And So... I, I thought this very convenient and I think this is the right way to go. Um, make these professional tickets comparably expensive and give us professionals the chance to get into a real exchange with the companies we want to talk to. Give us the chance to watch the things we watch, uh, want to watch. And as far as I know, they will open all these halls for the experience for the cheaper tickets uh, on the last two days of the show. So the public also gets a chance to see all these things. And I don't want to exclude them, but I just want to have a professional environment that, that helps me to to do my job. And um, then uh, the last thing from from the formal part is that there is less bling-bling. Uh, I mean, not these big shows and laser shows and music and rolling out a car that has uh, maybe a new leather trim and, 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 and a new painting Um, but it is far more technology-oriented. It's really core technologies for driving, everything that is uh, on autonomous driving, on automated driving, and the sensors and all these things. That is far more in a focus now, uh, opposed to, let's put it this way, just another new car. All right, about the general trends that, uh, that, that that I see. First thing, electrification is there. So we are having these electric drivetrains and uh, it seems like we're having the the, the battery electric drivetrains that seems to be set for the future at the moment. And um, I mean, I I, I really didn't count, but I think there was not one single combustion engine only car and maybe 10% of the cars had a hybrid uh, plug-in hybrid solution so roughly around 90 percent of all vehicles i have seen were fully electric and battery electric with all the uh, advantages and disadvantages uh, the electrification has I'm particularly skeptical about the battery i mean um the the uh components that you need to use uh, that you need to build a a battery they're pretty dirty stuff and uh, it's also what what is about the end of lifetime and we still have the issues of comparably long charging times and so i personally don't know whether battery electric is the best possible solution but it is the most probable solution um, that we see out there at the moment second trend is micromobility, so this means mobility beyond the car so small vehicles mini cars or even bicycle electrical bicycles cargo bicycles all that took a very large part of the show and, and was communicated uh, clearly so just a couple of, of things the microlino for example is is one car one of these super small cars uh, The Transformer is a one-seater, a small one-seater from uh, Israel. Renault has a subsidiary called uh, Mobilize, um, which is uh, something that uh, I really like. I mean, this, this Mobilize brand was established to build super small cars for professional use. So they have a focus on professional cars. And uh, for, for many of the very small cars they had there, they used the Twizy platform, which is on the market. It is a vehicle you can buy. It's a four-wheeler, uh, fully electric, battery electric, with two seats in a row. Not side by side, but uh, one seat behind the other one. And it is uh, registered as a quad so it it fulfills the formal things you need to have for a quad so for example it's open you cannot close the windows it is not having an air condition or hvac Um, but they're using this platform at mobilize and build these super small cars and those are really cars i mean they have windows and they have hvacs and so they are cars and then they will be registered as cars and You need to have a car driver's license to 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 drive them but they will be cars but very small ones with the little cargo platforms on the back and for for deliveries in urban areas and so for me this this makes very much sense besides the fact that the booth of of mobilize was one of my favorite ones uh, with all these orange lines on the floor and so yeah I, I really like this this one another one is the ACM City one also a small car that looks like a, uh, maybe you know them, the remover suitcases, the uh, aluminum uh, suitcases. Um, that looks like that. It has an uh, exchangeable battery pack and um, also a very nice car. XEV um, looks like a smart a bit. Um, also a company providing microcars, very small cars. And as an add-on to this, I saw many platforms skateboards as we call them for electric mobility and maybe I'm having a bit of a distorted view because I'm uh, discussing with one of my clients of applying one of these platforms and we are searching for one of these platforms and uh, so maybe I have a distorted view but I found a surprising high number of, of these platforms there and All of them are meant uh, as offers to startup companies, new car companies, new OEMs, new manufacturers that want to build uh, new vehicle concepts on these electric platforms. And they all contain a battery pack, which is usually laying flat uh, as a floor. And then you have uh, the electric drivetrain, you have the steering, braking, you have the, the, the tires, the suspension. So it's basically a driving Platform that you have, 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 you, that you have yeah. Uh One one supplier I had not been aware of is Scheffler. They're having that one. Uh, Bosch Bantler, I, I had known that before. They showed one of these platforms. And then there was a super exciting startup out of Munich called Deep Derive. Um, they're a spin off from the Technical University of, of Munich and uh, they're also providing one. This and they have. Uh, in-wheel uh, engines uh, that, that drive this this platform. And yeah, it looks pretty cool. And uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of activity in there. A German company called Hirschvogel um, has, a, it's, it's a traditional automotive supplier for more or less mechanical parts. But uh, they expand their business into um, electric mobility as well with a very small electric platform, and they plan to use this for urban transport, and they're selling this. So, um, if you want to have a small autonomous delivery car for an, an industrial area, or for a downtown area, or for maybe for a shopping mall, I think those are the the use cases that they see um, to use with uh, to to be covered with this with this platform another trend i saw is uh, many vehicles made of uh, recycled materials so just to name two one is the bmw i vision circular this uh, is a car made with components that are recycled out of plastic and um, then there was a cargo bike cargo bicycle and i'm so sorry i can't remember the name of the Uh, of the company showing it but uh, it looked like uh, made out of uh, cardboard boxes so they had this brownish grayish uh, cover or paint i don't think it's a paint it's the material itself that has this this color and um, they were showing that one as an alternative uh, for local uh, cargo distribution And whenever there is a trend, there is also a counter trend. There were many of these large, huge vehicles shown. So um, maybe the most obvious example is the Audi, Audi Grand Sphere, and, and uh, that, that is supposed to show the next generation of the Audi A8. And um, I mean, I really like this car. It's uh, it has a beautiful shape and, and it has a unique style and it looks pretty cool. And uh, the, the the thing I like most about the Grand Sphere is that they show a solution where I believe that could go into serious to uh, flip away the steering wheel and, and move the displays depending on the drive mode. So you have one drive mode with the steering wheel, the manual drive mode. And then if you go to level four uh, automated driving then uh, they flip away the steering wheel and they move around the display so that you give uh, that you get a different different atmosphere in the car that you get a different yeah uh, user experience inside the car but it is huge it's a huge car same for the mercedes eqs and eqe Um, the uh sister models of the s-class and the e-class of mercedes fully electric um, beautiful cars yes but still huge the same goes for the bmw ix the volkswagen Arteon, um uh, the polestar cars so basically traditional cars and, and i think there will be a market for cars like this people will be asking for more or less big cars uh, for uh, traditional car shapes, car concepts but with a fully electric, with a battery electric uh, drivetrain so they were also shown and and these two trends were so obvious so these small vehicles and and, and the micro mobility vehicles on one side and these uh, very big show cars are in case of the Mercedes and the BMW and the Polestars. Serious vehicles that are still pretty, pretty big uh, pieces. What I also found is that there are fewer people movers. And with people movers, I mean these um, cars that, uh, well, maybe are two meters high and uh, two meters width and, and five meters long. And you can squeeze people in there and. Then more or less automated or even autonomously, they're moved around from, from different places on, on fairgrounds and shopping malls and wherever. And at the CES in, in 2019, 2020, also at the IAA 2019, um, there were many of these concepts and everybody showed that. I mean, I, I found them super, super unsexy. Um, you do transport, empty room, uh, which makes sense and in real life, but is not not a very sexy show car. And there have been fewer of them, two, three, maybe on the entire show that I have seen. And either they have become reality, they're already out there on the road, or um, the OEMs or the suppliers, the, the show car makers have realized this is not the best way of showing technology, by putting it in some kind of microbus or whatever. Then one thing uh, I found out is um, that there are still Chinese OEMs that are copycats, that are really copying uh, styles. I mean, most of them not. And um, I have seen the cars of Way, for example, Way will come to Europe with these cars and they have a unique and I find pretty cool styling I I really like it but um, there was one company for example called GWM Aura and they stole from Mini from the Porsche Panamera they stole from Bentley and I mean that was so obvious and I thought these times are over but there is still uh, Chinese OEMs um, that, and I mean Yes, I have Chinese clients, and I know that benchmarking, looking for the best in class, looking for what is possible, is deeply inherent in, in, in the Chinese culture, and it is okay, and I'm doing this as well, I'm, I'm looking around, who's who's the best in class? But then at the end of the day, I believe uh, that, that uh, one should have a unique styling a differentiator to the others, and not just making mixing up this and this, and putting a little bit of that into it, and... Believing that you have an own own starting and and, an own car. Technology comes into the foreground. So electric drivetrains are no longer a trend. They are reality. They are there. But there are others uh, like uh, driver monitoring systems, for example. Many different companies, different technologies that they use that... Driver monitoring will be critical in future cars, particularly if we move on with the automation of vehicles. So if a car takes over more and more parts of of the driving task and uh, we release that from from the driver, um, we will have problems with the vigilance, with um, the uh, attention, um, the long lasting attention of the drivers. And so at the end of the day, we need to control them. And um, I see some legislative activities, particularly in Europe, that uh, we will have them pretty soon in cars. Other technology things were sensors, LIDARs, infrared sensors, automated driving-related technology, artificial intelligence-related technologies. And then one thing that, that I really liked a lot, uh, which is. Not as much high-tech as, as the others I just mentioned, but uh, some of you may have flown with a Dreamliner, with the uh, Boeing 787, and realized that uh, they do not have these uh, uh, shaky little sunshades anymore that you can flip up and down. And, and, and short before landing, the flight attendant comes in and says, yeah, open all your uh, shades so that uh, blah, 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 blah. No, they have um, a little sensor there, and then you can darken the glass of the window. And um, the, with the fingertip, uh, you slide it to the left or the right, and then you can darken the window. And uh, short before landing, um, the captain or the, the, uh, the flight attendants, um, they move these one to fully bright, so that you can look through this, and nobody can get uh, around this one and uh, the company gentex um basically i had known them as a, as a digital rearview mirror company but gentex is providing that one to airbus and to boeing at the moment but uh, they will also bring that to cars and i'm discussing with many of my clients uh things like um, yeah these privacy spaces the car as a third space how can we use this one in different contexts? And one thing is how can we darken the windows? How can we create this capsule in the vehicle to, to have the inhabitants, to have the passengers protected from the, the outside world? And if that technology will be available in a short time frame, I, I think there will be a pretty 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 open market for that one. Another trend, um, is back to the future so we had a few retro influenced uh, vehicles just to mention two of them one is the microlino which copies the isetta cabine roller which was a popular car in germany in uh, the 50s it's a two-seater two seats side by side it has a door that is the entire front of the car so the engine is in the rear and then you can open the entire front of the car so it's super tiny it's more like a like a scooter a cabin scooter that you have and um, they take this concept and it's not that they copy it uh, i mean they copy it it's not that they're influenced by this it's it's a but it's okay you know it's a it's a cool idea to to revitalize that idea and um so they're having that with an electric engine and, and yeah nice nice little thing and uh, the other one i really like was the retro version of uh, the renault r5 i mean the r5 is a legendary car for boring old people like i am and uh, when i was young you know in those times and in, in, in the early 80s and the late 70s the r5 was a legend and uh, there were race versions of that and uh so um, that, that car is back. So it's an electric version, and it's uh, also pretty much of a retro styling. But but that is that is cool. And one last thing that I saw on uh, on, on the IAA Mobility in, in Munich, that uh, there are more stages uh, and later larger presentation areas. I mean, being a keynote speaker, this might be more. In, in my focus than in, in, in other, other other people's focus. But uh, in the old IAA, these live presentations, they will all be, always be a bit on the side and, and, and just like for something, something for people who are really interested in something, but not something for everyone. And I found that there were more stages and larger uh, listening areas, larger uh, public areas, audience areas, And um, they were all pretty well filled. So when there was a presentation, at least 50-60% of the seats were filled. And of course, some of these presentations were held uh, online. So you had uh, these uh, uh, blurry um, internet conference tool pictures enlarged on huge screens. And you had somebody sitting somewhere in his or her living room or his or her office and and, and make it a presentation or participating in a discussion but it was possible and i mean this remote thing is, is the sign of the times uh, we're having this at the moment i hope it will go away because i like real speakers on, on real stages but at the end of the day um yeah th- there was more stages and more presentation areas than, than before My three personal highlights of the International Auto Show 2021 in uh, Munich. It was pretty difficult to select three. It was very hard for me. Because it's not because there were none. There was nothing really exciting there. But it was all on somehow, um, let's say, constant medium-high level. um, All these things. But... Not really trendsetters and exciting things. and But but I will try it. And, and I have selected three for you. And the first one is definitely a no-brainer. That That is for me the, the number one outstanding um, concept, the number one outstanding exhibit there. And um, it is a client of mine. And, and he is, is uh, like a good old friend of mine. It's, it's Frank Rinderknecht of Rinspeed. And um, RinSpeed uh, used to show super crazy concepts and, and faraway concepts with uh, super crazy technologies. And I mean, the most obvious example is uh, the, the diving car that they had 10, 12 years ago. And so that, that was, that was um, yeah, crazy stuff. And this year's exhibit is totally different from that. And I think this, for me, is the reason why I believe that this uh, is, is is so exciting. And Rinspeed uh, showed, based on an electric uh, Fiat Ducato platform, a transportation system. It's a flexible container system that you have, and uh, he created a complete ecosystem around it with uh, trays and, and tablets where you can transport these containers around and Uh, They're basically for postal services, for food deliveries, uh, whatever. And uh, it's very easy to to, uh, move them in and outside the car. And and, uh, so it's it's targeting into that direction. And it's not autonomous like all the other uh, uh, concept cars you had shown, but there's a driver in there for basically two reasons. One is that you need a person to make a final delivery anyway, and the second reason is that, uh, Frank and I, we agree on this one, that fully autonomous driving on real roads in unknown areas um, is still a few years, at least a few years away. And uh, so there's a driver in there. There's a driver's seat. Uh, there's a driver workplace in there. Um, very well designed. And, and then there is this container system in the back, which is the real innovation and I'm going to make a little spoiler here. Um, He's planning to build a series, a small series of these cars. And he has already partners that will use them in in daily business. And uh, yeah, give him feedback. And and so this is far more realistic than the diving cars, but still has this unique speed inspiration and being different from from anyone else. So this for me is definitely the the top highlight of, of the show. The second one is the HMI concepts, the human machine interface concepts, uh, Daimler was showing in the Mercedes cars. So they're having the, the hyperscreen, screen, which is more than a concept. So you can get this in the EQE and the EQS. And um, whether it really makes sense to have such big touch surfaces uh, in, in a car, but they have the balls; They dare to do something different. And this is what I, what I like about this one. And they also showed the Avatar car. They presented at Las Vegas 2020 at the CES for the first time. And there again is a different HMI concept which targets towards the hyperscreen concept with enormous amounts of, of interaction surfaces and new interaction devices and again here, um, they dare to do it, and um, this is what I really like about them. I mean, I know I still know uh, Mercedes as a comparatively conservative brand, but under some aspects, in particular in these HMI areas, they are making big steps forward. They are moving things really into the, into the future. And the third highlight, is a people mover that was presented by MOBIS, the Korean uh, supplier company. And that one was one of these typical people movers I talked about earlier, but uh, it had a, has, a, has a high interior flexibility. So um, they were working, there were four, four working spaces in that, and then they could be flipped into regular seats and, and then they had what I call the digital campfire inside the car, which is a pole and that had, had illuminated lines into the floor. And on the pole, there were screens as interaction devices. And then you could do things with that. So, like, I mean, we are all Stone Age hunters and collectors from, from a genetical point of view. And we like to sit around campfires and talk and communicate. And I'm there picking that one up and... I had a client five years ago where we developed exactly a concept like that one and for me it was um, a bit surprising but also positive to see this concept uh, that that I developed five years ago uh, in a MOBIS show car on the International Auto Exhibition. All right, let's go down to the conclusion. Um, The Munich IAA was clearly better, far better than the last uh, IAA that I saw at Frankfurt. So a change of the location, the change of the concept, that really, really pays off. There is still some need for improvement, particularly in communication. Both in advance, so that you know up front what to expect, how to do this, how to do the things but also on site to make it clearer. Okay, guys, here is the start of the blue line. Go down there. And then there is a bus. And this is the way on how to come back if you've parked your car here. And there was only a low information on that one. And that needs, clearly needs improvement. And uh, the exhibition stuck, is stuck somehow between yesterday and tomorrow and this is the neither fish nor flash thing and at the end of the day i think it's a good sign this is how i saw the upfront i thought hmm, maybe a bit dry but no the automotive industry understands the new targets this for me is the message there's still somehow the old automotive industry but they understand the new targets the new challenges that come from politics, from public, from from humanity, but also from themselves. And so at the end of the day, uh, I think this uh, was a transition show between the old times and the new times. And uh, the IAA 2021, the IAA Mobility, did a very, very good job in showing this transition between yesterday and tomorrow. And so, so I really liked it. I'm looking forward to the next show, wherever it will be whatever it will be and whatever will be shown there so nobody knows it as of today but uh, i think they are in a pretty good way and um, i think um, that will be exciting to see and you will see me there so if you liked this podcast if you were able to take something with you if you learned something why not recommending it to someone else in your network so recommend it to one other person so we have a growing audience and the more people listen to the podcast the higher it will be ranked the more people will find it on the respective platforms and uh, again more people have the chance to take something away from here to learn something to be inspired and to change their minds and this is the reason why I am doing this podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, beta-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.